because I don't I don't need a national television show to ruin my career. I can do that well enough, Santana. Say, kid. Good morning, dude. What do you want to be when you grow up? Eight thirty nine a.m. Say. Santana's what sipping his want, coffee. Still waking up. I've been up for hours. What a great song. <laughs> what a great song. Ooh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Becoming a Doctor. A podcast where two fourth-year medical students talk about the only thing that we ever talk about. Medical school. I'm your host, Santana Sanchez. And I'm your co-host, Kevin Gale. And you can check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on the World Wide Web at uh, becomingadoctorpod.com yep and on twitter at becomingadocpod that's at becomingadocpod give us a follow uh we're always tweeting out stuff oh and you can email us your questions at uh our email kevinjgale at gmail.com mm-hmm. the email's been flooding in recently so is that so? It might take a couple weeks to get back. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so? All right. Uh, happy... What day is it today? Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you, you know my why, friend. You know why you don't know what day it is? Because your rotations are over. I don't know what day it is because <laughs> days are a social construct, okay? <laughs> I've moved beyond. I've always said that. Race... Social construct. Facts. Days, for sure, social construct. Go off, King. <laughs> what else? No, no. This is a perfect transition. Time. You have, you have no idea what day it is because you have officially completed all of your medical school rotations. What? What was that? You have officially completed all of your medical school rotations. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We did it. No, not we. I have more to do. I meant like the royal we. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, yes. me, and thanks to all of you kind listeners. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, and, uh, But since you are have completed... Oh, yep. There you go. Yep. Very good. Uh, you know what I say about completing your rotation, Santana? What do you say? Love a love a <laughs> Woo! A little Rick and Morty. Um, so you've completed them all. And the reason you've completed them all, because you finished your last rotation done internal medicine, which is your residency. You're going to be in a hospitalist for three years. Yes, sir. You did your acting internship. We both did your trial run of residency for a month. Yes, we People, both did. We both did it in the month of February. We talked about it in the last pod. No, we didn't. Well, you we didn't did. let me do my rotation review. Well, we did talk about how we were doing it. I'm setting it up. Let me set it up, Santana. <laughs> Dang. Kevin, do you not have your coffee yet this morning? Santana? I've just about had enough of you. <laughs> One more time. I've just about had enough of you. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so anyways, okay. we did our, you did your last rotation, acting internship. Yes. Trial, month trial of residency in February. I did as well. Yes. And we never reviewed it. Well, n- never say never. Our first rotation, uh, first segment, <laughs> row, row, rotation review. Uh, Will you say that better than I? I? I have no voice in the mornings. No, that was great. Row, row, rotation review. Um, so let's get right into it. Yeah, do you want to go first? You're not gonna do. You're not gonna say thanks a lot, Justin Bieber. After I said never, never say, say never. There we go. <laughs> there we go. He's back. Uh, what can I say about the internal medicine? acting internship rotation well let's set it up some more i was at abbott northwestern ah yes for a month one month and there's only three internal medicine residencies in the cities in the twin cities yes abbott northwestern hospital number one m health fairview number two university of minnesota and hcmc hennepin county medical center (laughs) and I was at Abbott Northwestern. You at you were at the U of M. Yes, yes. I was at the University of Minnesota, the old stomping grounds. Yeah, I was stomping around. <laughs> you know it well. Yes, those hallowed halls <laughs> where I once studied. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I had a great time. So basically, it was set up over at the University of Minnesota. There was like four of us medical students. We each got paired off with a um, and attending a hospitalist, a hospitalist, yep, one of the docs, uh, does it for a living and just kind of was there, ba- there basically acting as, oh my gosh, I'm just repeating what the name of the rotation is. <laughs> we were acting as their Dude, intern. You, you know get I, it. You know what I think about this? Words are in my not so humble opinion. <laughs> our most inexhaustible <laughs> source of magic. Oh boy. Your word uh, choices right now. Dumbledore would be disappointed. All right, come back to me. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Well, you know I loved RPAP. I know it. All the reasons why I loved RPAP is because there were no other medical students, basically. Mm-hmm. I was working one-on-one with docs. So when I was in surgery, the surgeon and I would be in, in the OR, and I'd be his first assist. When I was in, doing hospitalist medicine, I would be working one-on-one with the hospitalist. And this is in comparison to... Uh, rotations, you know, the classic rotations you yes. think of. So I did my um, in, uh, ICU, intensive care yep. unit at HCMC. And in that, at HCMC, there's a bunch of residents, right? So if a I want to, if I want to try to like uh, offer up a solution or maybe some type of uh, plan for a patient, I talk to my, I'm a med student, so I talk to the, the resident I'm working with. Right. The resident talks with their second year resident. Right. They talk with maybe the fellow who's the ICU fellow. Right. They relay it to the doc, the ICU doc. Yep. Uh, so it's like a long chain of uh, communication. Right. And if I want to get like surgery on board, I go talk to the surgery resident who then talks to the surgery fellow who uh-huh. then talks to the surgeon. Yes. So lot of hoops to jump through sometimes. It's sometimes lost like me. that. Too many hoops. <laughs> but one of the things I loved about the acting internship, at least at Northwestern, sounds like the same for you, was that you're just partnered up with a doc. Yes. And at Abbott specifically, there are no other residents. So if I want to get a cardiologist on board for a patient, I just bring, bring, call up the cardiologist. Actually, Paige the cardiologist, and they call me. Boop, beep, beep, beep. 
Hello, this is the cardiologist. <laughs> Hi, this is Kevin, the med student. Click. <laughs> uh, and then I can just ask them directly, like a special a specialist who knows exactly what's going on. Same for psychiatry, same for GI problems, gastrointestinal. Right. So I loved that. And I thought it was so valuable to work with an actual doctor, the hospitalist, one-on-one too. Because... When I ask a first-year resident like a question, they maybe don't know. Maybe not. You and I are maybe not going to know questions right. next year. Yeah. But I, uh, you know that the hospitalists I worked with had 20 to 30 years of experience. Right. Um, and They've seen it all. That's, They've been there, done that. That's, I mean, I, that's one, the main reason why I loved it, because direct access to specialists and docs who knew their shit. Whoa. <laughs> Words are in my not so friendly opinion. Our most inexhaustible source of magic. Dumbledore does. Uh, he probably uses all the wizard swears. <laughs> um, great uh, review, Kevin. Yeah, I've Love been up it. for hours. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Kevin was reading that off of a script. I'm just going off the dome. I had a great time over at the University of Minnesota. Similar setup, although the university has tons. It's a teaching hospital, so it has tons of residents running all the other services. So when you page cardiology, it was a resident that would call you back. But that's fine. I don't mind that. Uh, Sorry, Kevin uh, got all up in my personal space. (laughs) Um, It was was a... yeah, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. I was nervous about having to go in and have the responsibility of, you know, doing all this medical stuff after we basically were on a break for months and months and months. Yeah. I was basically off for six plus weeks. Um, oh, and then I had radiology where I did no medical decision making. <laughs> so I was nervous that I was going to see you not off for know. 10 weeks, basically. Yeah, yeah. At least. Yeah, at least. Uh, so I was nervous that I was going to be slow or not know how to remember how to do anything. Right. But really picked it back. I think we both picked it back up after like maybe a one tough day. Yeah. Um, and it was great. By Basically by the end of the first week, um, I felt like, you know, this was easy peasy. Just another day. Just another, you know, another day on the job. Show up. Do a little reading. Yeah. Get out of there uh, in the afternoon. Right, seven a.m. to four a.m. Just like a regular work day. Everyone in America. Mm-hmm. Seven a.m. to four p.m. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let me. <laughs> Words are not my humble opinion. <laughs> uh, um, let me think. No, I I want to jump in. I totally agree. The another nice part about the rotation is um, there was a bajillion things both of us didn't know. Right, but we'll be fine as residents starting off. Because you're mm-hmm. not expected to know everything. Yeah. You're just expected to show up at 6.45, stay till 4 p.m. or later. Just work hard when you're there. Yeah. We're going to have... I mean, that month gave me the confidence to say this will be fine. Yeah. And, I mean, I learned a ton of stuff, you know? You just... If you don't know stuff, you just learn it. You learn it. You learn it. You're not going to be expected to know anything, you know? super intricate or you right. know critical no one's going to be quizzing you on the coagulation cascade Mm-mm. no sir uh what else i'm guessing you also really liked the walking portion Dude. <laughs> don't get me started on the walk love walking around the hospital don't you 
Um, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't not like it. I prefer. You're right. I prefer it to uh, radiology. Yes. Sitting in a dark room. <laughs> Family medicine. You walk back and forth the same fifty paces between your desk, right, and the exam room. Yep. That gets boring. Yes. Get sleepy. You get sleepy at all. Let's think. Uh, surgery. You stand for hours in the cold, cold OR. <laughs> Mm-mm, not about it. Um, and then when you're in the emergency department, you're just stressed, stressed, and also not walking very far. No, you're walking. Yeah. So yeah, most amount of walking. Maybe that is what I why I liked it so much. I mean, it's probably one of the one reasons why you like it without even thinking about it. Like I know most people. Make fun of me, Rachel, Tom, etc. When I say I like walking, yep. But yep, it's it's one of the features, and I'm guaranteed it's a good thing for most people. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I also liked at Abbott they gave you a great food meal plan. Oh yeah, every day I had ten bucks to spend on lunch. Insane. The parking so close to where you are. Insane. So I'd walk across the street. I'm at the I'm at the hospital. Must be nice. Um. The commute, ten minute commute. The gym. They have you can do a gym membership for super cheap. Wow! But three times during the month, I paid five dollars for the daily admission. Uh huh. So I could rip out some push ups and pull ups. Getting swollen. Because I was, because we would stay till four if if a patient was admitted to the hospital. Yep. Before four p.m., mm-hmm. we could mm-hmm. potentially uh, become their doctor in wow. the hospital. But sometimes it'd be like 3.15, 3.30, and my doctor would say, I don't think anyone's going to be coming or being added to our list. Right. So just hang out until 4 so I'd hit the gym. Hit the gym. Get yoked. Um, and it was just enough. It's a great gym that you can walk over in four minutes and start working out. Yeah. I was at the, I was at the university, so I went to the oh. university gym every day. Heck it was yeah. great. And it was I, the old I, stomping ground. I never asked you. Yeah, this huge gym that we would use first and second year. Yep. Did you have to pay a membership, or is that part of the annual fees? No, that's part of our tuition, baby. Dude, good for you for using it, then. That gym is is got to be the best gym in the state of Minnesota. Uh, Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Number one gym. Wow, no hot takes there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Top gym. All right, we're off the rails. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about gyms. Never, Get never back good on time. track. <laughs> any other thing you uh, loved about it? Any, any other detractors? The art of medicine. Uh, any other detractors? Well, at the university, I did not get free food, and their food is garbo. Okay, watch out, guys. If you're ever a patient there, just order in some food. Yeah, get it delivered. <laughs> you don't want their food. I'm sorry. No offense. Um. Okay. Shall we no, give our nothing rankings? Else, like noth- nothing. No. Okay. Let's, <laughs> you you go first. Or I'll go first. My oh, ranking, I guess I'll give my my final words. Or did yes. we already say this? I'm losing track of what we're talking about here. <laughs> this is what you sound like right now. Ah, waka waka waka. <laughs> That's what I feel like. <laughs> Whew. Uh, <clears throat> final words. You know what I say? Don't pod with me until I've had my second <laughs> cup of coffee. Said it once. Said it a hundred times. Final words. It was a very validating experience. Um, I think you've probably already said this. 
but it did make me feel excited for residency and um, like we have been very well prepared for success going into residency. Exactly. Um, which is nice. You know, it was my last rotation. Um, so that's a good feeling to have, you know, and, when and wrapping up the four years of and medical And we both school. saved it for the last rotation, which I love. What a yeah. great idea. Because most people do their acting internship, their month kind of trial run of residencies last summer. Right. So they can get a letter of recommendation. Exactly. Who needs those? No. No, we got letters <laughs> flying in. I get letters of recommendation emailed to me on the daily, kevinjgale at gmail.com. Day and night, they don't <laughs> stop. The servers are crashing. So, final review. Yeah. Out of our 10 stethoscopes, yep. I think I'd have to give this rotation uh, nine. Yep. I'll give it one demerit because, you know, I had to wake up early. Yep. Um, Wait, but- did you say a nine? Yeah, a nine. <laughs> if I could have slept in till nine a.m., this would be a ten. But you know that's impossible, right? Uh, that's a fantasy land. We're not living in Narnia, okay? <laughs> You're not living in Narnia. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll just jump to it. I, ten out of ten. Whoa! <laughs> I got Sounders. I love it. I love it. Ten out of ten, my man. Uh, for all the reasons. 10 out of 10. Wow. Our first ever 10 out of 10. (laughs) Breaking news. Stop Uh, the presses. It was a great rotation. Learned a lot. Chill vibe and all the perks. There we go. All right. End of segment. Yep. What do we got next? We got our guest. Oh, my gosh. We got our guest segment. No way. Well, who's our guest this week? Let me get him on the phone. You know him. Let me. uh... Mr. Jacob Reshatar. He goes by Jake Reshitar for his friends. But, you know, in the professional community, it's Jacob. We ordered coffee yesterday at Rustica, and he said, what's the name for that latte? He said, Jacob Reshitar. So let's get him on the phone. Uh, is it time to go mobile, Santana? Because you got to hit that sounder before I get anyone on the phone. Uh, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> time to go mobile. <laughs> Here we go. Jake. Precious. Jacob. Also, my ex-roommate. Well, you can guys get in on, get on the pod. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Oh, boy. Are we live? Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, man. Thanks. Happy to be on. This is my first podcast. Well, first of many, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, is- dude. Joe Rogan's next. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit. <laughs> uh okay so yeah santana actually just mentioned before you got on that you guys were roommates for two years and then i downgraded yeah yeah i was very fortunate i was very fortunate to be buddies and roommates with santana for two years we had a great time uh we're still buddies i would say yeah oh absolutely well i don't know i'm teasing um Yeah, man. Yeah, we we became roommates uh, first year med school, and I looked into an apartment and just put a <laughs> put a, an, an uh, unsolicited ad to the med school <laughs> Facebook group, and that's how we met. It was perfect. And it actually worked out really well. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, okay, so what 
led you to rooming with Santana. Who is Jake Reshatar? Give us the story, the five-minute story. Oh, God. Well, economic necessity led me to live with Santana. With <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't end up living with a total weirdo, so better, better the devils I know than the devils I don't. So I reached out to the med school. And then, yeah, yeah. But who is, boy, who is Jake Reshatar? I didn't know philosophic and armchair yep right out of the gate i was thinking about that question and i think like the first words that came to mind are like i'm i'm a pretty big dork and a nerd um i'm kind of like a a walking bunch of contradictions Mm. like i love i love uh physicality and bodybuilding and cycling but i'm also a huge ps5 and anime nerd Yep. And um, is that what you're playing uh, the Elden Ring on right now, PS5? Oh, yeah, yeah, like a fiend. It's not good. I don't I don't care to admit in public how how long I've been playing that game. <laughs> off the record. We'll talk about it yeah. off the record. Um, I like to think I'm pretty happy go lucky. Uh, in the past, in the past I've been pretty like uptight and serious about things, especially when it came to school and medicine and that was a headspace I couldn't really live in, so I think I, I I enjoy much more kind of being jovial and sometimes idiotic in my humor. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love uh, meeting new people, trying new things. I think that's kind of borne out in some of the global health stuff that I've done in the past, which I think we'll talk about in a few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to hear that stuff. Like, uh, you know, where'd you go to undergrad? Where'd you get your master's at? That kind of thing. What brought you to yeah. Minnesota Medical School? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I'm born and raised out of Twin Rapids, Minnesota. Always been a Twin Cities guy all my life. Got a big family around here too, like three generations of family, 30-plus people at Christmas. It's, it's great having that support system around, especially for med school. And um, I went to college at the College of St. Scholastic up in Duluth. It's this tiny, sleepy little Catholic school, like 2,000 students right at the top of the hill in Duluth overlooking Lake Superior. I'm not an outdoorsman by any means, so like the winters were pretty brutal up there. I can um, imagine. But, yeah, but I loved. Yeah, but I loved getting uh, getting involved like student leadership up there. I was an RA. I was a student senator, and I took some liberties doing some pretty crazy stuff in college with some of the money that was set aside for programming. Um, How crazy for, are we talking so, about, <laughs> dude? Like, like we, yeah. So like we we literally put on a skydiving program with school money. And wow. so we sent students skydiving in Superior, Wisconsin for three years. Whoa. Like over 250 people made the leap. And Did you I go loved... skydiving a bunch? Yeah, yeah. As a as Dang. a as a token of their appreciation, this tiny little drop zone with these Cessna biplanes or prop planes, they'd uh they offered me to take me through skydiving school for free. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I went through my second jump. There's seven jumps to get your solo skydiving license. And I hit my second one and I left the plane with my instructor and they teach you sign language with your hands to communicate with one another. And each jump has an objective. And that jump, you're supposed to do a, a lateral 360 degree turn and stop yourself in midair. And then do, similarly do another one in the opposite direction, and stop yourself and deploy your chute and land safely. And I went into a terrible spin because oh, yeah, I went into a spin and my my inspect my instructor came in and stopped me from spinning and I deployed my chute. He's giving me the signal to deploy my chute. And you know when you're a kid on a swing and you get the chains twirled up on a swing? Yeah. Like that's what ha- that's what happened with my cords and your cords pull on your chute. 
And so as my cords were all tangled up, my chute was pulling me down to the ground much faster than I could safely land. And so you have to kick like hell to get those cords undone like you're a kid on a swing. So once I did that, I landed way off, way off course in a ditch and I was just covered in mud. It's a golden hour, this beautiful fall afternoon in Superior, Wisconsin. I was just looking out at the lake and I just thought, like I took off my helmet. I just thought, what do I want from this life? (laughs) Right. That was your... That's what and, you knew. That was and the first thing, Jesus moment. The first thing that came to mind was I want to be a doctor. And I was like, do I love skydiving enough to die for it? Because that was Come a good on. skydive. Any skydive where you land and you don't hurt yourself or die is a great skydive. That sounds so was like, very, not great. That, that sounds sounded... very binary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's probably our best story we've ever heard on the podcast out of all the stories. The time Is that Jake a true Christ story? Almost died. I can't believe I never knew this after two yeah. years. Wow. I mean, yeah. like, you already wanted to be a doctor before then. You're just saying, like, this is not worth it. Like, the risks of right, not, right, not right. living. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, um, from the Twin Cities, went up to Duluth for college. Yep. I was a biochemistry and philosophy double major. Mm, uh, they have nerd. pretty much nothing. Nerd they have a lot alert. to do with it. Yeah, seriously, seriously. I always loved serious questions about um, God, morality, truth. Um, how can we trust various forms of knowledge like science? And so uh, philosophy was huge for me in college, and that required me to do a a super senior year, as you could imagine, because biochem and philosophy don't have a whole lot to do with each other. Right. Um, Right. And during that fifth year, during that fifth year, this is kind of where I broke seriously into the global health business. I I had done some um, traveling using medical Spanish throughout Central America, volunteering my time with uh, the Nicaraguan Medical Brigades, um, conducting a traveling family health clinic, which was incredibly rewarding to use my Spanish language skills in that capacity. And up in, it was a clinic up in Duluth then, and, and these were refugees or, or um, no, I actually traveled immigrants. to Central America to do it, but these uh, over J term, I went to Central America in my fifth year to do this. And um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. During, during my, my fifth year, I additionally went on this program called semester at sea, which is like pretty popular. Um, it's a study abroad program situated aboard a, a floating cruise ship. And so Sounds uh, popular. <laughs> Sign yeah, 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 no shit. It's our right? medical so, school rotation. <laughs> yeah. So so this was, I mean, God, this is coming up on ten years ago already. Um we were set to sail across Europe, Africa, and South America, and in each country we'd stop to complete um a workshop in global health learning. And I was also studying um 20th century history, and so we were focusing heavily upon the North Atlantic sl- slave trade, which was fascinating. And so um as we were approaching international waters to get off the ship in Ghana and Senegal, at that exact moment, Ebola broke out and the WHO declared an international health emergency. Wait, was this like 2014 then? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 2014. And so, um, yeah, I was at this very impressionable moment in my um, academic career studying global public health. And I was seeing firsthand this international emergency unfold and a uh, professor aboard the ship happened to be a professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, and he came and lobbied our class. And he said, hey, if you're looking to do any kind of frontline healthcare work with epidemiology, kind of doctors with the border style stuff, you should apply to the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. So um, I came back home to good old Minnesota. I wrapped my biochem and philosophy double major, and I uh, proceeded to scribe for about a year wrote the MCAT. And at that point I decided to 
defer on applying to medical school for a year and instead applied to the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, got in and soon thereafter moved to London for a year to study infectious disease control and neglected tropical medicine, neglected tropical diseases. So dope. So dope, so dude. Dope. You're, you're living the life. Did you go to any Premier League football matches? Yes, the, the- real hard-hitting questions. Oh, dude, you know, you're you unpopular answer. I did not actually. Oh, my God. Get oh off my of my podcast. <laughs> Went to a bunch of concerts over there, which is rad, but I did okay. not actually go to a football game. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So everybody and, makes mistakes. And uh, correct me if you're wrong. You finished your master's during medical. You went for a mm-hmm. year and then you matriculated the University of Minnesota Medical School at the same time was finishing your master's degree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, it was a mess, dude. It was a hot mess. I, uh, I, I lost my grandfather when I was in, uh, in my master's program. Uh, he was like my father figure. He died very suddenly when I went away, flew back for an emergency funeral. And um, not too long afterward, I went through an ugly breakup with my girlfriend over there, who is my confidant. And things were, things were bad with that. And on top of that, I was dealing with some really personal uh, family strife. Uh, which kind of emerged just before I had went to London, and all of that, all of that stress resulted in me decelerating the completion of my master's program well into uh, my first year of medical school, and so that was extremely stressful because uh, med school is no joke, and it's kind of like zero to sixty right now. Like in your first, <laughs> your first semester of med school is kind of a reckoning. It's a little sink or swim, and. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started med school, I actually failed my first three exams. And I would, I would say, like, without ambiguity, that if it wasn't for, I mean, you guys, I mean, you, Kevin, Santana, especially Zach Carroll, mm-hmm. and Michael Rock, um, Josie Wutzak as well, like, I don't think I'd be here in the position that I am today. I don't think I'd be a matched emergency medicine resident. Um, I had to, I had to eat a lot of humble pie when things were starting out. Um, I ate a humble pie all by myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I had a I slice had, of that once in a while. <laughs> dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, I had to learn to set my ego aside and recognize my weaknesses and to ask for help because med school in retrospect, I think is kind of like a game. It's not even so much of what you know it's it's learning how to play the game of taking standardized tests oh. it's learning how to reach into the choir yeah, well, yeah no doubt Dude, totally totally it's learning how to prioritize certain aspects of knowledge because you can't memorize everything right um, Dude, it's funny it's, you bring this up because did you guys see the facebook post from yesterday in our group no uh i'll summarize it is that okay jake if i hop in yeah of course man go for it well, one of our unnamed classmates um because this is a public podcast wrote I, because we, let me back up. We found out, the three of us found out two days ago that we matched for residency. We don't know where, but we found out the good news that we matched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are peers of ours between 10 or 15 peers who did not match. And so this week they're scrambling Mm -hmm. to find a residency program, Mm -hmm. which is a tough, like, like you said, failing the first three tests is such a reckoning. Not matching is just such a, a, a road bump, like just the shittiest road bump ever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one of our peers wrote on Facebook. They they shared a story about how they failed 
their first final in the first semester. And it was, they said exactly what you're saying, Jake, that there was humbling that they needed to lean on support for so many friends and the staff and that it's just a bump in the road. And in the long term, you're going to be a great doctor, mm-hmm. but in the short term, you feel like such a failure or, or right. whatever you feel. It brings up all these emotions. And I think many of our peers experienced what you experienced uh, at various points in medical school. It's like this story just sounds so familiar of what I was reading yesterday on this Facebook group. Yeah, dude, I, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And there's uh, a particular, I think, uh, veneer that uh, medical students are expected to uphold for the sake of looking professional, but I think also, too, for the sake of maintaining appearances to maintain some kind of clout or reassurance that they're on the path and they've you know got their shit together. And that can be wildly disingenuous at times because the road is, I mean, notoriously brutal with these high stakes exams. It's it's not uh, hyperbolic to say, like, if you have one really bad day in med school, that could, like, destroy your, destroy your, you know, your future, especially with, like, board exams. So, um, yeah, I, I deeply sympathize and I feel very blessed that I could avoid the uh, existential nightmare that is not matching. And my heart goes out to those that that have experienced it. Um, Hashtag blessed. Dude, well, I don't know. There's also a deep conceit there to think that God has anything to do with my bounty and therefore has something to do with the misfortunes of others. (laughs) What? Yeah. So maybe it's best to just leave God out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin's an atheist. Bit of the philosophy coming back. Yeah, philosophy major. That's funny because we also had coffee yesterday. Jake, uh, Jake shared with me two quotes that I want to try to remember. He was dropping quotes left and right. Here we Shakespeare. go. Shakespeare. He was dropping oh. Mark Twain. Listen to these quotes, Santana. Are these I'm, amazing? I'm all ears. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Comparison is the death of joy. Yeah. That's what I want. I've been trying to tell something like that to my partner who's been on Zillow at looking at million-dollar homes. <laughs> I've been trying to find the words. Comparison is the death so of joy. So wise. Jake drops it like nobody's business. Mark Twain. Yeah. Jake wakes mm. up and the first thing he says is wisdom. <laughs> Drops philosophy oh, quotes. Oh, jeez. I would not bombs. know. <laughs> and then I was like, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, <laughs> you know me, no quotes. And he goes, expectation is the root of all heartache. Wow. Come on. Very, so wise. <laughs> That's like uh, so apropos it, for our, re- our matching this week. Because if I what? expect to match it like one program, it's the root of all my heartache. Exactly. You just got to be open. Open, open heart. Open right. arms. Like Journey. Yeah. Open arms. Yeah, uh, exactly. dude, it's really tough. It's really tough, though, you know, after all that toil of four years. So much and, toil. You know, <laughs> grinding, dude. Like, I mean, grinding, right? We put thousands of hours into the the board exams alone. So yep. it's tough to not have a deep investment in these things. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not any you know, authority on stoicism or, you know, any kind of Zen mentality. Me neither. But uh, it felt it felt great to match. And so my ex- my anxiety turned to excitement. For me, it's not so much a priority as where I go, just if I go. <laughs> I love it. Dude. Right. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful mindset. Uh, also a great, great Jake Reshitar. Who's Jake Reshitar introduction? Oh, that, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, does that suffice? Does that, that work? <laughs> that suffices. Yeah, that okay, more good, than suffices. Good. Second question. You know it. 
what are you doing in med school? And and since you're not really doing anything, you can tell us about your global uh, oh yeah trip to Tanzania. That'd be awesome to hear. Yeah, man. Well, if I if I hadn't matched and had a little downtime right now, I'd probably be procrastinating about something in med school. Um, but I'm in my final my final rotation uh, of my med school career, which is pretty crazy. I'm so crazy. Uh, working for a month in addiction uh, rehabilitation medicine at Fairview in Minneapolis at the U of M. It's been deeply humbling. Um, I, you know, seeing people kind of against the ropes of life, struggling with their demons and facing them and trying to go through the process and find a sponsor and hold themselves accountable and pull all these kind of loose ends of life together to create some order. It's, it's sacred, man. Like it's a real sacred thing to be there with people and have those conversations and to have their confidences like that. Um, has a lot to do with emergency medicine too. You know, there's a lot of alcohol abuse, a lot of opioid abuse, not as much meth and cocaine down there, but it's, uh, it's special. So it's, it's a good way to wind down med school. And then we've got match day on Friday, but yeah, as Kevin was just mentioning just a couple weeks ago, I got back from a two month stay in Arusha, Tanzania, where I was living in Arusha and volunteering my time as a, essentially an assistant, as a, an acting intern to the emergency medicine physicians at Arusha Lutheran Medical Center, which is a partnered hospital with the University of Minnesota. Um, and I worked with the Arushan uh, Tanzanian emergency physicians there and helped take care of some patients five days a week while also exploring Tanzania and running around town with all these new friends that I'm meeting. It was a complete adventure, like through and through. That's awesome. And I think that this is something that was kind of on your... Uh, this is like at the top of your medical school wish list, basically, from day one, For right? sure. For sure, for sure, yeah. I mean, my whole background in infectious disease control and tropical medicine was focusing upon, you know, HIV, tuberculosis, malaria, dengue, um, African schistosomiasis, like all of these vector-borne diseases that are notoriously difficult to control and nigh impossible to eradicate in these settings. And so I, I had never worked professionally in any healthcare setting in a, in a, you know, especially sub-Saharan African context. And so I was, I mean, I was overjoyed to finally get the opportunity to go see these diseases for myself. And, um, in the process, like I made some friends that are going to last me a lifetime and they were all too eager to teach me Swahili. So I actually learned how to introduce myself in Swahili. Let's hear it. And I, Do it. Okay. Okay. So, um, like I, if I want to introduce myself and tell them that I'm a I'm a medical student, I would say uh, Gina Longu ni Jacob Mimi ni Americani. That means hello. That means hello. My name is Jacob. I'm an American. Mimi ni wanafunzi wa udaktari wa Selian, which is I am a medical student working at Selian Hospital, or I could also say ALMC, which is Arusha Lutheran Medical Center. Dude, that was awesome. Yeah, and so I could say like "Nima um, afterwards, which means like I'm I'm happy to meet you. Um, it was actually cool to discover that a lot of Lion King character names are Swahili words. Oh, so like Simba Simba means lion. <laughs> yeah, Disney and fooled Raf- me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Rafiki Rafiki actually means friend. Oh, so if you said like Jumbo Rafiki, you're saying hello, friend. And so I was, I was explaining through Google Translate to my buddy Jackson, who was my cab driver for the you know two months that I was there. We'd use Google Translate to teach each other English and Swahili as we drive around town. And uh, 
I was trying to explain to him how many Americans love the movie Lion King, but they don't know that the names of the characters are actually Swahili words. And he thought that was hilarious. Right, because they, I mean, a lot of people across the world have seen Lion King and they're like, oh, this is a dumb name. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Lion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, right. And also, I had to look up where Tanzania is. I didn't realize that was, I mean, I don't know my Africa geography, no doubt, but this is right mm-hmm. next to Kenya yeah. on the west coast of uh, the Indian Ocean. Right, 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 exactly. And so um, Swahili actually means of the coast. And so Swahili is largely the uniting language across many East African nations. Mm. In Tanzania alone, I was surprised to learn that there are 120, over 120 different ethnic tribes that are located in kind of focal areas throughout the country. All of them have their own mother tongues, okay? And so kids are oftentimes, by the time they reach the age of 16, they're trilingual. They Mm. they speak their mother tongue from their village or Mm -hmm. their community. They speak Swahili, which is what they teach all the children in grade school. And then as soon as they hit secondary school, they make this really hard leap directly into English. And so, you know, 17, 18-year-olds, they probably have at least some remedial English kind of tucked under their belt. So it makes traveling in Tanzania especially like a very, how should I say, accessible place for someone that's never learned Swahili before. Right. That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome for you and for them because English is a global scientific language. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I was, I was... I thought it was really interesting to learn that people very casually identify based upon their tribe. And so there's a, there's in Tanzania specifically, there's a lot of social harmony between all the different ethnic groups. They marry together, they have kids together, but in, in the same way that I would say like, Oh, my dad's side is Russian and my mom's side is, you know, Irish and Norwegian. They would say like, Oh, my dad is Chaga of the Chaga tribe. And my mom is Maasai. Well, and so they, they have interesting kind of um, ways of identifying that we don't really have here, perhaps in more Native American settings. That, that would be much more familiar. But I had never heard of that, like that kind of nuance and identification before, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. So, mm-hmm. so after these two months, is this something that you're thinking about, uh, like for your career going forward, uh, you know, moving abroad um, and working in in this type of setting yeah you know i um i'm thinking very seriously about doing a years-long fellowship in global emergency medicine as a global health fellow i'm wondering if i could double up um and work with msf msf is medicine sans frontier it's the official name of doctors of the borders Mm, medicine sans frontier is doctors of the borders in french yeah we exactly frog people um and uh we'll edit that out (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, I volunteered with, I volunteered with MSF for a year while I was, uh, living in London and it was an incredibly rewarding experience. I participated in like skills workshops and conferences and seminars with many docs and nurses who had done field work, oftentimes in humanitarian crises, war zones or nutritional emergencies with famines and droughts and refugee populations and it was just incredible to learn from all of them. And I've always thought that I'd love to do a nine month rotation with MSF. Um, at some point in my early thirties, cause it's, it's kind of like a early to mid career game. Sure. Um, and people don't make a career out of it. Normally they do like 
two or sometimes three rotations. But I'm wondering if I could double up and do a, a fellowship in global emergency medicine and simultaneously do a rotation with Doctors Without Borders and have that be the focus of my academic piece of that fellowship. But we'll see. Time we'll will see. tell. And time will tell. You got, yeah, that's, that's cool because you've got to finish the three years of emergency medicine and then right. and see how you're feeling second or third year, right, when you start applying to fellowships. Yeah, man, no kidding. And at that point, I'll be like, you know, 33, 34, and the government's going to come knocking on my door. Wells Fargo's going to come knocking on my door for a handsome sum of money every month. So it's like... No doubt. Yeah, you're like, getting oof. old, dude. I don't know if you got the young legs anymore to, to make it. Hey, man. Hey, man. Old, old dog, new tricks, all right? We're, 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 we're doing all right. All right, let's get to the important questions. Yes. What was your starting class on Elden Ring? I got to know. <laughs> Oh, dude. Were you a warrior? I was like a, I was a, like a Dude, I was like a faith build. I still am. Like I was like oh. a sword and board faith build, but sword I didn't have board. any casting abilities. Yeah, sword and shield. God, and so, uh, but I didn't have any casting abilities, so I wasn't good at anything for quite a long time mm. until I got more incantations. And so now I can like hurl lightning bolts and heal all my allies and do all this crazy stuff, so I have more versatility. But initially, I was just getting stomped, and I think that's the uh, I think that's the take homes that everybody gets stomped for. It's a joy. My dad and Santana's mom. Elden Ring is a video game. It's the hottest video game right off the press. Hot off the press. Santana and Jake are wasting away their lives playing this game. But mm-hmm, you know, he did mm-hmm. just go to Tanzania for two months, so I think you get a little break. Yeah, a video game break. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm uh, especially after the match. I'm just rationalizing all forms of laziness and indulgence. I'm like, hey, I've I've earned this. This is great. It's true. You matched. Nothing mm-hmm. else matters. <laughs> I know, d- dude. Isn't that the truth? Like a pa- a win is a win is a win. A path is a path is a pass. So true. Like, all right, I got another important question. Hard hitting questions from Santana. Uh, yeah. tell me one more time. Why you are not on The Bachelor right now? Oh my oh, gosh! gosh. Because hits. I don't, I don't need a national television show to ruin my career. I can do that well enough. <laughs> ruin your career? Yeah, this I, would have been your big break. Jumpstart your career is what I'd say. Yeah, this Dude, is a stepping yeah, stone. It's something probably other than medicine tell you that yeah, exactly. <laughs> something. Yeah. There's the there's the saying that. Uh, there's this thing that, you know, all press is good press, yep. you know? And I beg to differ when it comes nah. to a very sensitive... <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever reconsider... Because the story is that um, Santana and I sat down, uploaded some Jake Reshitar Instagram photos, wrote a short bio, and submitted your application to The Bachelor within a week, <laughs> casting <laughs> calls, <laughs> and <laughs> says, Jake, we need you. Return Hello. our phone call. <laughs> Come out to LA. Yeah. We got I, a spot uh, for you. I was actually considering it quite seriously, and I talked with my sister about it. She's kind of big on these shows. Okay, she's like Jake. You know, they're gonna take your phone. You're gonna have to go live somewhere in private for like five months. Like a you're beautiful gonna to, resort. You're yep. gonna have to accelerate med school. And I was like, you know, med school is like the end all be all. You know, matching for the last two years has been like the end all be all. Yep. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't afford to really take that time. And also the, the, <laughs> there seems to me that, um, but you could have this, met your true love. Yeah. Jake. I mean, what's more important, really? True love. Dude, I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun. 
Like I'm, I think it would be, I think it'd be a blast. Um, I do think though that there is a significant small community of disingenuous individuals out there, especially on social media that would love to see like a white male doctor fall. Oh my um, God. And I think, no I think they would do so. They would relish the thought of doing so with whatever evidence I provided them with any kind of gratuitous displays with women on national television. So <laughs> all of you that. You keep it classy. I know you're you. classy. Dude, I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to, You'd my be mother there for keeps the right reasons. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been living with my mother for the past year to avoid paying rent to afford all this crazy Tanzania stuff. I, climbed Kilimanjaro and went on a safari, which is very difficult to do in a med student's budget. But my mother keeps telling me, she's like, you need to, you need to protect your career. Like it's a newborn baby. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're not, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. So yeah, maybe a bit of discretion and a bit of privacy. And so far as okay. my associations with women would go a long way. Yeah, Should that's we fair. reapply for you? The, they just announced that there's going to be two bachelorettes next season. Two? Dude, so, so you can come on. You get to meet two women. Dude, wheeling and dealing. If you can somehow secure like a diplomatic immunity in whatever mm-hmm. form that whatever form that takes and so far as guarding my career hey man like okay i'm i'm there but we're working on it <laughs> diplomatic immunity is coming your way <laughs> diplomatic immunity writing oh, a letter geez. to Santana, other hard-hitting questions oh. should we go back to the main did you beat gloomhaven yet <laughs> <laughs> also the backstory is there are thousands of board games and there's a website boardgamegeek.com the best highest ranked board game out of 10,000 is Gloomhaven. And yeah. it comes in a box that weighs probably 55 pounds. Yes. I could I could barely even pick it up when Jake <laughs> would leave it around. I'd have to ask him to come and move it for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, Gloomhaven's pretty dope. Have you beaten that's it? Another, I have, yeah. That's what? A, that's another thing about me. Yeah, like I said, I was a big nerd earlier. Like nerd PlayStation alert. 5. I beat, uh, took like a year, a little over a year to do with my buddy Rob. Yeah. Um, but it's like a dungeon crawler cooperative experience that comes like in Santana says like a 50 pound box. And it's just like thousands of different quest cards and items. And, and you finished it. Was a it? great time. It's something that I'd look forward to doing again, possibly with residents. Cause getting together, you know, once a week for some food and, you know, some drinks and playing a board game. It's a great way to decompress. Right. But wait, so you completed it. You became the gloom Lord. I, <laughs> I don't think you become a gloom lord in the end, but oh, yes, you save the land. The lord. You wow. save the land and all the serfs from like yeah. a total catastrophe. Jake, yeah, just checking off the bucket list. I'm impressed. Boom, boom, boom. All right, favorite memory from med school. Oh, yeah. Back to the basics. What was your favorite memory from med school? Oh, uh, you know, um, I had a very I ate some more humble pie my yum, third yum, yum, year yum. of med school. Yum, yes. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, dude, it's my favorite flavor. I love humble pie. Um, my third year of med school, I had to retake a, retake a course. It was the first half of our, our internal medicine rotation, and it was the first time. It was like coming right out of COVID. I was learning how to procrastinate very effectively for school because during COVID, like, it was such a strange time. Like if you could figure just how to pass your exams, like you'd keep coasting along. And 
I started this course for the first half of my medicine rotation, which involved a three-hour standardized test at the end, which is remarkably similar to the board exam that I'd be required to take two months later. And I thought, oh, I know how to take these exams in med school. I don't need to study that hard for this exam, this three-hour exam at the end of this medicine rotation. I'll be fine. So Oof. 10 days out from this exam, I finally started to prepare. And it was a colossal mistake. Yeah. Um, I learned that I learned that the style of this exam was vastly different than the multiple choice exams that I had taken at the U. There was a whole metacognitive rigor to answering those questions, like second and third order thinking that I was not prepared for. And I failed that exam Oof. 10 days later on two occasions, um, requiring me to retake it and that I would get an, uh, an incomplete on my transcript, which is kind of like a black mark on your name and applying for residency. Scarlet and letter. Dude, for sure. And the director of the of the rotation, like very, you know, kindly and also earnestly he implored me. He's like, man, like you got to get it together because in two months you're taking an exam with the National Board of Medical Examiners. And if you fail that, like your career is, you know, gone more or less. You get three chances to take the boards, but effectively, if you don't pass it on your first time, if you do very poorly on it and barely pass like that's not good because emergency medicine it's getting more competitive every year and there are scores that are just inauspicious to to match altogether so what i did was and this is getting to the answer of your question is i went and lived with my grandma up in northern minnesota and i cycled like 15 miles every day i hit the gym and i just grinded doing my practice questions from a board exam. grind and and within two months i brought my board exam scores from well below failing um, on practice exams to a competitive range for emergency medicine. So your and favorite memory is living with grandma, cycling so every day. That's so kind. And just getting on that grind. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I felt that's just awesome. very, I felt just very supported um, by my med school friends at that time. Um, they knew what I, what I was struggling with and the stakes at hand. And I loved spending time with my grandmother who, Will actually be there on match day to open my envelope oh, for I me. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so so she's been. That's a great. That's a great memory. I love that. I thought it was going to mm -hmm. be all those times when you know we were just hanging out at the <laughs> apartment, rooming with Santana, eating frozen pizza. Didn't make the list. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, okay. cooking. Yeah, cooking dinner together. The the friendship that I've shared with Santana, the many you know confidences that I've shared, was key to pushing me forward in those first two years because in the first two years it's just such a such a how should i say like a mundane academic hoop jumping game yeah 100 um, all the time like my god we had to have taken you know over 70 exams probably Completely in the first two years optional exams that the med school just adds on that <laughs> none of us have to take to get our degree right. jake can i put you on blast for a second do it sure so uh uh, you said that your favorite memory was grinding out for two months to study for this exam with his grandmother. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah. A kind thing. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I think that's great. Yes. The blast is what uh, in those two years when we were living together, your previous old methods of studying, which we would call the Jake Regitar <laughs> method. Oh, dude. Do you remember this? Dude, yeah, man. What yeah. was it? What the was Jake Rush Describe it, Santana. Was uh, 
the day before, or maybe two days before. Yeah. Yep. No, it was the day before the exam. Jake would make a full pot of coffee. Yeah. And then stay up a full twenty four hours overnight, drinking, finishing that pot to go through the entire uh, semester of content. Yep. Before the exam, and you know, for the first few years, it never let him down. <laughs> <laughs> it just Dude. was so brutal. <laughs> I mean, think think you can't you can't do that for the gigantic step one, step two tests. You no. can't do twenty four hour. Jam- so good for you no for way. getting it together for step step one. Yeah, dude, med- medicine's a game, man. You just need to learn how to play it. Right, uh, med school especially. Right, I always say Gloomhaven's more of a game. But. <laughs> it's, it's, I think categorically, yes, it is much more of a game. Med school didn't make the board game geek dot com list, Mm-mm. but it should be. Yeah, no, no doubt. No, okay. it certainly didn't feel like a game at times. But last question. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, last question is: What is your hottest take? Controversial. Mm. <laughs> hot take you know i was i was reflecting on that for a long time and um i was thinking that my hottest take is probably um that medicine will take from you everything that you're willing to give it um i think it'll take it'll even take your happiness from you um i think my hot take is that it's remarkably easy to have a miserable time in medicine and Dang, I think that's, I love this take. Keep going. This is so and sad. I think, I think that it's, you know, that's borne out in a lot of these massive surveys we're reading about, you know, newspapers and so on with the stress of the pandemic. Newspapers? Pushing, push, you, you got a newspaper over there? Open up the section. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I think it's borne out in a lot of these workplace satisfaction surveys that are seeing a lot of people leaving their medical specialties or their practices to, to switch careers with all the stress of the pandemic. I, I think in medical school, you know, we've experienced that in our own ways, you know, as mentioned through this Facebook post that was shared recently and my own stories, but also too, just how, you know, grueling the the path is. It's it's all high stakes. Like the National Board of Medical Examiners will just say to you, sit in this chair for nine hours. And if you don't answer our questions well enough, you'll never be the doctor that you want to be. Um, it's punishing. And I've come through so far in my own quiet way, to recognize that, especially as we take on more and more clinical responsibility and become more proficient and skilled, not only will the work take from us, generally speaking, as much of our mental energy and bandwidth as we're willing to give it, but also to hospital systems and administrators through our contracts and our scheduling are willing to extract as much value as they can from us at the least amount of compensation possible. And so I'm, I'm growing more and more convinced that as I grow up, I need to, and as I come into medicine, that I need to guard, you know, vociferously kind of my private time and my private life, even though I've given such a serious part of my, my life to medicine and, and coming this far. So, you're so saying- it's kind of a, it's kind of a fighting balance. Um, but I think there's this kind of unctuous suggestion amongst medical students especially because med school is so competitive to get into yes that you have to love medicine all the time right you have to be compassionate all the time and certainly have to bear your patient's best interests at heart all the time right but it's like 
not everything about this journey is exactly uh, rejuvenating or uplifting. And so I think you, the farther I go, the more I've learned to love medicine for everything that it is and everything that it's not. And I reserve, you know, tremendously my, my time out of the hospital. So that's kind of my thought. Setting some healthy boundaries is what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, it's part. I mean, it's a big reason why I wanted to do emergency medicine. Like, with all due respect, like I don't want to do call. I don't want to do clinic. You know, like right, clock in, that's clock just out. Me. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Uh, I love that hot take. I think, I think it's uh, you articulated it well. Maybe it. We all kind of know it. Uh, actually, Santana, do you? You know, we're all in the, we're in these small groups first and second year, and that's why Santana and I know each other because we're yep. in the same small groups for everything. Do you remember what Charlie said to us like the first month of med school? Charlie Reznikov, Dr. Charlie Reznikov. What did he say? He said, good luck, guys. <laughs> You're going to need it. No, no he with said, God. He said something uh, that is uh, very relatable, what Jake's saying. He said, you will always be overworked and have too much on your plate from now until you retire from medicine. So learn to set the boundaries early. Learn to figure out when to stop working early. And that's that's what you're saying, Jake. Medicine, you can it'll take as much as you're willing to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always work you could always work a full shift in emergency medicine. And then Jake, you could be, you know, the the MD who works with administration. You could be the chief of staff for emergency medicine. You could work, 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 work until you don't have any more time. So mm-hmm. I thought I always remember Charlie Reznikov, Dr. Charlie Reznikov's advice to Friend say, try to set those boundaries early. Uh, yeah. Good thing to remember going into residency too. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Yeah. And there's a sense in which we're all kind of a captive audience to the process and we can't do a, t- do a whole lot when we're in the process of training. Like they say jump and we say how high and we do it for 70 hours a week, you know? And that's part of it too. Like you have to grind to build the proficiency and the knowledge required to do that work and to do it in a timely fashion. Um, But I think investing all of your, all of your kind of worth and existential value into your career is kind of a, a fool's game because um, you know, it's, it's a job. And perhaps that's part of my hot take too, is that while medicine's a calling, the farther I get into it, the more I see it as, as work and as a job. And the, the older I get to, the more I'm focusing on different aspects of my life, like my friends and family, especially. Bachelor auditions. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor auditions, absolutely. Um, I'm focusing upon those things to ground me as well. And so now that I have some assurances, especially with the match that I'm going to be heading somewhere along the trajectory of which I've planned, thank God. Um, I'm now focusing a bit more from a normative perspective on the things that give my life meaning. And medicine is certainly a big part of that, but it's not everything. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I would encourage other people to consider that train of thought as well, especially as we, uh, become further uh, empowered, but also kind of disabused and disenchanted by the many trials that await us in residency. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think uh, that's a good, very good hot take. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's very hot, though. I think I probably agree. It's kind of hot. If I'd you, say lukewarm if at you, best. If you tell old school docs that, that being a doctor is just a job. Yeah, they'll lose it. Like, if you tell some of our team, or I don't know who, if some people will be like, no, it's your calling. It's your career. You give everything. Like, that's that was the old school mentality. Yeah, not healthy. This is probably why emergency medicine keeps getting more and more applicants and more and more competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That clock in, clock in, clock out aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, well done. A- well done. Mm-hmm. There's something, too. Um, I was reading about this notion of, pathologic compassion wait wait wait. were you reading in the newspapers <laughs> i was not yeah I'm, I'm gonna flip it open right now you can hear the paper rustling in the background <laughs> yeah um i was reading about this notion of pathologic compassion and we see a lot of um kind of alarmist compassion virtue signaling about various injustices especially in social media and online and i feel like a lot of that kind of same spirit is germane to medicine in many ways and that Many medical students feel called towards their specific field out of some normative structure of value reflecting equity or justice and many of those things. And I, I trust many of my peers in believing them when their motivations are sincere and that those needs are real and those, need, those needs are felt deeply by patients. But there's a problem, and I think it's experienced heavily in emergency medicine, where, as it was once described by a former scribe who matched into med school that I worked with years ago, she said that uh, emergency medicine feels like bailing out a sinking ship every day, but there still isn't anything else that I can imagine doing more. Like you have to be very uh, judicious about how much of the world's suffering or problems you're willing to take on through your mind and through your work on a daily basis. And there's no human way, I think, that especially someone in emergency medicine say working downtown and like a safety net hospital i don't think there's any human way that a single individual could shoulder or internalize all of the needs and all of that suffering that's encountered by those patients every single day and take it upon themselves to be some kind of exemplar of um something more something better um you can't take all the world's suffering onto your shoulders and that that's what led me to this notion of uh pathologic compassion is that compassion um is a very powerful emotion to experience and it's and it's it it can lead to what i think are um very powerful resentments like when you care a lot about someone and you're in charge of taking care of someone and that person is constantly beset with you know shortcomings or systemic injustices and so on it can lead you it can like sour your soul to constantly consider how broken and how imperfect the world is and our systems are. And if you just sit in that space for a long enough period of time, like I think you'll be, I think you'll end up being a real sick pup, like with anxiety or anger or whatever it may be. And so I, again, getting farther along into like as I approach residency and so on, I'm trying to be much more um, deliberate about how much um, emotional energy I'm investing like into emergency medicine and I'm trying to come to a much more mature and appropriate scope in reflecting upon the care that I can provide for my patients and being realistic with internalizing what impact that care will have upon their daily life. Like I'm not, I'm not going out there trying to necessarily change the world with medicine, but if I could change the course of a patient's single day and therefore the course of like their family's immediate future and the, you know, the span of a brief emergency department visit, that's wonderful. But I think 
humility is is key in recognizing that um absolutely so i think it's serenity you know it's Still, serenity prayer, and I'm not ter- terribly religious, but you know, hey. God, gr- grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Boom, ding, 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 boom, ding, ding, boom, ding, 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 ding. That's a podcast bingo. <laughs> that, Kevin's favorite that, that, prayer. That was on my cell phone background for like a year. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you're right. Uh, what you're talking about is kind of just protecting yourself, um, mm-hmm. because in our field, we're going to come face to face with human suffering every day. I mean, no doubt, like we're going into internal medicine, uh, you're going into emergency medicine. A lot of the things that were, especially in emergency, in, in internal medicine, a lot of the patients that we're working with are gonna be people with chronic diseases that are mm-hmm. only gonna progress in one direction. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. you can it can feel like you're just delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's a really unhealthy way to think about it, to look at the world. I think mm-hmm. what you're saying is much better, you know, do your best to make this person's life better, to make this patient's health better right now. You're mm-hmm. not going to change the world. You know what I mean? You're just a person. You're just a man. Right. Don't recycle. Don't vote and be a good doc. That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but uh, I think you're right that if you, I mean, if you dwell on the negativities in the world, of course you're going to become depressed. Like the world can be a depressing yeah. place. Yeah. If you stop and think about the world long enough, you should just start an antidepressant. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it's good to have that perspective that you're never going like it's impossible to think that you it's in, it's crazy to think that you um will you know like you're saying save the world change the world i don't know what exactly you said but it is very right. possible in our field in the position that we're going to be in that uh we can have a huge impacts on people well never say never never there's <laughs> no chance <laughs> You know, yeah, if you have that never. expectation, you're setting yourself up for <laughs> heartache. What was the first, exactly. What was the first? Expe- yeah, dude, expectation is the root of all heartache. Yeah. Exactly. You know it. Uh, so I love it. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah very wise. Yeah, and there's uh, you know, in emergency medicine especially, there's kind of this mainstream culture of gallows humor and a lot of times inappropriate humor. Um, I think that's born out of necessity somewhat it seems to me that on this you know very topic that there's a you know to put it simply a greater survival value in laughing with the sinners than crying with the saints and thanks billy joel (laughs) yeah exactly dude i mean it though man like i've i I feel like my sense of humor has been a bit more uh risque for the, the you know for the average palette of like med school folks but i think it's also that also comes as a byproduct of recognizing what I can and cannot change also in light of a lot of international travel and seeing the disparities, mm-hmm. the austerity of what people can live with elsewhere. Right. And there's, there's a lot of suffering. And so I think one way you can buttress yourself against all that is through your, your humor almost as like a defense mechanism. So I see a lot of emergency physicians, I think trying to protect themselves from humor is a defense and, mechanism. It's one of the healthy defense mechanisms. You're totally right. Sublimation, mm-hmm. altruism, yeah. 
humor. Mm-hmm. What's the fourth? What's the Suppression? other? Suppression. Suppression. Healthy mm-hmm. defense mechanism. So you're 100 percent right. Jake, mm-hmm. love it. Love, love, love. What are you rest of the, up to the rest of the day? Bro, I'm gonna hit the gym and play some Elden Ring. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect day. Dude. It's nice. Dude, it's... You gotta go out for a walk today. Yeah. Got to. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the dogs out for a walk. It'll be a lovely day. And then uh, I'll see you boys on Friday with the match. You guys are gonna be the MCs, right? Yeah, yes. less than 24 hours. Santana will be cracking jokes. 48 hours. Oh less my, than 48, oh 48 hours. hours. I was heart. like, wait, what day is it? <laughs> less than 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. We find like out track. <laughs> where we are for the next three years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Medicine's three, right? Medicine's three? Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. It's, that's actually quite nice. It's towards the shorter end of things. I think three is the shortest they get, which I'm all for. Yeah, exactly. That was a big uh, reason why I signed up for <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Unless you want to become like a gastroenterology fellow, then you've got a few more years ahead of you. But no. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, no thanks. Well, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, man, this is a delight. It's my first my first podcast, so I hope I provided something substantial and not just you know, vapid, whatever. No way. The stories are awesome. We like vapid on this show. <laughs> yeah. Our show is vapid. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the website. <laughs> vapid, vapid alert. Podcast. Yeah. Vapid <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, dude. We'll catch you later. See you on Friday. Yeah, for sure. Fellas. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to y'all later. Of course. Okay, Take care. Bye. Yep. Bye. Jake Reshitar. Jake Resh. New New uh, milestone, longest interview, 54 minutes. No way. Yes, sir. Time flies. Dude, what? Yeah, he's got a lot of good stories. 54? Yeah. Interview alone. Flew by. So we should fly through the rest of the podcast. We can't. We got to keep it short. Can you believe it? He brought up your prayer. The serenity prayer. Yeah. I don't say this prayer, though, because negative connotations in my book. Yeah, that's I say, your own problems. <laughs> <laughs> I say the serenity mantra. Right, which negative connotations in my book, so <laughs> please stop. <laughs> Do you need anything? Do you need a coffee refill before you, we move on? You know what I could use? Tell me. A, bu- <laughs> a bubbly. Oh, I'll go get two bubblies. Well, Do a little 30-second uh, ad for bubbly. Uh, no, thanks. I'm not going to do that. Oh, Jake Reshitar, good to hear his voice. Um, yeah, we lived together for two full years in a teeny tiny little apartment. Also with friend of the pod, Henry Aubin, future guest. Uh, you know, just three boys kicking around. There was actually a fourth boy there, Rourke. Uh, you know, living our best lives. Sorry you didn't make the uh, top memory highlight. I really thought I would. <laughs> I thought it would have been, you know, one time Saint Bubbly time. One time Saint time we're hanging out. Nope. Nope. He, he enjoys his grandmother's presence more than you. I mean, <laughs> I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, okay. I'm fine with that. One other Jake memory was during COVID. So Jake uh, is into weightlifting. Huge dude loves uh loves to lift weights don't blame him and all the gyms closed in the country and he was dying he couldn't get in there yeah so he went to his gym and he rented a bench a barbell and a bunch of plates yeah brought them to our apartment 
And then, <laughs> and then he asked one of our classmates, Michael, yeah, to build him a squat rack. And this man came through, built him in like one day, yeah, out of scrap wood, yeah, a squat rack that yeah. then was in our apartment for like five months. So sick! It was so great. Is so, it indoors? Is it outdoors? Well, it would, we would store it inside, yeah. and then every day you would He'd bring it out. out, throw it over the fence, set it up in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the reps you gotta you can't get away from the reps when he he shared with me when he went to tanzania because it's hard to get a uh, heavy lifting equipment he brought uh resistance bands into p90x resistance bands oh yeah which is also a good way to keep you're not going to gain muscle but you can you can keep it toned mm. all right what's our next segment uh kevin's corner you got it You're going to love this, Kevin's Corner. I'll keep it short, though. I'll keep no, it short. No, 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 no. I want the full <laughs> corner. We went... You know where I was last last weekend. I know where you were. I was in Florida. Do, do, do. What's it say? Uh, Go. Go. <laughs> I was in Florida. Uh, so, my partner, Danny, had a conference a medical conference where providers whether they be doctors pas cnps uh, certified nurse practitioners all these providers get together somewhere and you have to continue to learn throughout your career and and so in order to do that they go to conferences and yep sorry he had a gi conference in florida this last week Florida. Thursday, Friday. We got there Thursday, but it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Speak of the devil. (laughs) And uh, Danny just entered the podcast headquarters. What up, Danny? What up, Danny? And so anyways, we go down there. She gets it paid for by M Health Fairview because every provider gets CME credit. What does CME stand for? I can't remember. Continuing medical education. Right. Fairview. Gotta love them. Great employer, (laughs) I've heard. So they pay for Danny's flight and pay for Danny's um, hotel and pay for Danny's uh, fee to do this this conference. Got it. And a bunch of providers get together and learn about GI topics for three mm-hmm. days, three mornings. That's the backstory. Yes. Gastroenteritis. You got it. You got it. GERD. <laughs> the hits. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's and, all I got. And uh, let me tell you about you know, I like the idea of continuing medical education, right? You got to stay fresh to keep practicing. Oh, you got to stay Otherwise, fresh. you become a dinosaur. But <laughs> they, this conference was located in Bonita Springs, Florida. Bonita Springs. Which, you know the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico. I've heard of it. This is on the east coast of Florida, south of Tampa, like two hours, south of... The west coast of Florida? Never. Yeah, west coast of Florida. Golf On the Gulf side. I got yep. it. We got it. Two hours south. Beautiful. And they say, hey, well, let's have a conference. Why don't we do it in one of the most expensive hotels in Florida? So this hotel is called the Hyatt Regency Coconut Point Resort and Spa. They don't even have a hotel in the name. It's a resort and spa. Whoa. Whoa. Guess how much right now, if I want to book one king Guess how much it is for the dates of the end of March, March twenty eighth for one day, one night. Well, you one already king. told me it's one of the most expensive hotels in the nation, <laughs> so I'm gonna guess like 
five hundred dollars? Twelve hundred bucks. No way. <laughs> no way. But clearly, M Health Fairview isn't going to cover that. The ACG, which I can't remember what it stands for. What does the ACG stand for? It's like um, American College of Gastros Enterology. Yes, the GI, one of the GI uh, large national groups. Um, they subsidize this cost, so they say our national group will pay for some of it, and M Health Fairview or wherever you come from will pay for the rest. So I think M Health Fairview only, and Danny only got charged like three fifty a night. But the American College of Gastroenterology is paying the rest, right? They're paying the difference, right? Um, Twelve hundred bucks. I mean, out of control. And you, you should have seen this resort. I, I, I don't know if I described it well to you, but I want to do. A, it's a resort and spa, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they have. They, if I go to the hotel activities, the this is how it's described: the largest resort poolscape in in Southwest Florida. Three acres of water attractions, including Lazy River, <laughs> five water slides. Oh yeah, you did dueling water slides, inner tube, corkscrew. Did you guys do the Lazy River? Adult pool, adult only hot tub, kid friendly water pool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did you? Can you go in the ocean from there? No. Good <laughs> question though, because not only at the, do they have all these acreage of pools and three spots, acres, they have the island and beach exclusion uh, excursion included with your res. Uh, board a ferry for a 15-minute crossing of Estero Bay. Along the way, spot dolphins, American bald eagles, brown helicans, migratory birds. Then you arrive, Big Hickory Island, which is a private, pristine beach, spectacular shelling, beach trails, and it's a, basically a private boat to a private beach, all by the Hyatt. They wow. have fire pits, make some mores, except I could read all these, but I'll keep it short. Yeah, keep it short. Lawn games, rock climbing wall, still water spa. Okay. Which amenities did you capitalize on? Let's hear it. Uh, Lazy River, yes or no? Yes. Was it sick? Yes. Uh, island? Yes. That was the best. That was what I appreciated most. Danny, I appreciated it. After a conference ends at one o'clock, go to an island. We'd hit up the the private boat and go to the private island. And you're Sounds right in the sick. Gulf. You're right in the ocean. You're right there. Within thirty minutes, you're swimming in the ocean. Did you see any dolphins? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did they come after you? They. It was. It was so great. We were riding this little boat, mm-hmm. and suddenly two little dolphins are jumping in the boat's wake. Whoa. And I go, what's going on here, Captain? Captain George says, oh, dolphins are naturally playful animals. Mm-hmm. And so they appreciate the wake. And, and so they're they're literally doing belly flops, flips, playing together. He's like, oh, that's a mom and, and kid dolphin. Wow. It's so beautiful. Like, that's just crazy. so heartwarming. And that was during the boat ride. And then you get to the ocean. And you're just in the ocean. It's so cool to swim in the ocean. It's the best. It was like 80 degrees. Beautiful. You felt great. They had a riptide warning the second day. Uh-oh. Where uh, it's a, the warning on the weather app that I have said, even the strongest swimmers may be swept out with the riptide. Not me. <laughs> Not what, me. That's what I said. So I went out there and, and experienced. <laughs> I did. I experienced riptide. It was awesome. You got wrecked? But this is this is not what Kevin's corner about. Kevin's corner is about who is paying for this thing, right? The because taxpayers. The ACG's not paying for it. Oh, who is paying for M it? M Health Fairview's not paying for it. Who? Where do the costs end up going, Santana? I ask you. Isn't Fairview paying for it? Yes, but I ask you, who actually burn like you know shoulders the brunt of those costs? Uh, 
The patient. Oh. The consumer. The consumer. Because the ACG, this, I didn't the, know you're going for. this conference is sponsored by a ton of high-level pharmaceuticals. Let me say, let me tell you who the ACG is sponsored by. Medtronic, mm. uh, Ambivi, Arena Pharmaceuticals, Braintree, a part of Cebola Pharmaceuticals, Brister Miles Squibb. You're talking about just all the gigantic pharmaceutical, and where, and where did those costs? Who who? What's that? The shoulders, the brunt of those costs. The it, it ends up going to the the consumer. Uh, I guess. I mean, there's no there's no question. I mean, those companies are do have huge profit margins, right? So as in, does M Health Fairview. Not in, huge profit margin, but they have a profit margin, right? I mean, in theory, they could be paying for it out of their profits. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? But in practice, most of those profits are going back to the consumer. That's the only, and that's what Kevin's Corner is about. That's what I, I was hard for me to stop thinking about that. Mm. That um, these doctors, these providers are living like the best resort life of like vacation life mm-hmm. week of their life. And, you know, all you can eat, all the perks, all the benefits. Yeah. And in the end, probably a lot of these costs go back to the consumer. Especially if it's sponsored by pharmaceuticals. Like Jake said, if you stop and pause and think about it for a second, you might get depressed. Right, right. But luckily, I had a good partner to remind me to say, hey, you know what? This is the system. This is the game. Like, you and I can't make a difference. But if we're given, uh, you know, on a global, like, you know, on a structural scale, we can't make a difference. But if you're given a certain stipend for CME activities, you should take use of it because... Being a provider is a hard job, and this is like a way to avoid burnout or take advantage of some of the perks of being a provider. Right. And what's the alternative? You don't do it. Yeah. And then, I mean, the co- the conference still goes on. You the know what I mean? The conference still goes on. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you. That was another takeaway that I definitely will take advantage of the CME. Even in residency, we're given a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. Whatever, wherever I can use it, I'm going to spend it. Right, the CME. Because, you got because we we should just take advantage of those perks. Absolutely, I love taking advantage of perks. And then the other hot take was uh, there was also a General Thoracic conference down there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you thought the ACG was a fancy one. No, walk across the hotel to the. A thoracic surgery conference. Okay. The ACG, they had oatmeal, they had pastries in the morning. Yep. AC, the thoracic, general thoracic surgery had the entire spread. All you can eat bacon, all you can eat eggs, all the hot dishes. Sheesh. They had a formal gala. They had fancy dinners every night, right? Because they are probably making a little bit more dollars as the thora- uh, surgery group. So every morning I'd walk on over after I got my coffee do, 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 from the ACG, I'd sneak into the general thoracic, load up on the bacon, <laughs> potatoes. And I didn't feel one iota of regret or moral ambiguity because... Why would you? Because I asked the workers, all the workers who were serving this up. Yeah. I go, well, hey, what happens to this if it doesn't get eaten? They go, uh, we actually have to throw it out. I go, you guys don't get the leftovers? Or like it doesn't get cycled over to the restaurants? Because there's five restaurants in this resort. Right. They go, no, we have to throw it out. Yeah. So I go, and I said it to one of them. I go, wait, so if I don't eat this bacon, it's going in the garbage. Like the landfill. She goes, yeah, like take as much as you want. Yeah. So I did every morning. I love it. Shout out to those workers. I, rem- that, I mean, that's how all this, all these uh, 
places work. You know, they don't, they literally, not all of them, at lots of places, like at this speedway across the street from the HQ. Yeah. Those pastries that aren't sold. Yeah. They're not going to the employee's house. No. They're not going to uh, a shelter. A shelter. shelter. No. No. They're going straight in the dumpster. Right. So they can bring in the next batch. Yeah, exactly. And there are few and far between uh, organizations that do. Oh, yeah. Donate to homeless shelters. or. But me and Tanisha are going to be in that dumpster ready. <laughs> Getting, yeah. To- Give me those donuts, baby. Call back. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, that's just a hot take. I mean, Kevin's Corner. Kevin's Corner is just about this conference. Where do the costs actually go to? And knowing that in mind, still take advantage of the CME. Yeah. Well, we don't know where the co- where the costs go to. No, I can. I what can we do know imagine. is that healthcare is too expensive in this nation. Yes. In general. Yes. Um, and the cost should be lowered across the board. But I'll tell you what. My first taste of a. Uh, Five star conference. I am hungry for more. <laughs> Are you hungry for a little bit of humble pie, maybe too? On the no, side, not at all. <laughs> Throw out the humble pie. Give me the bacon. Uh, there were five restaurants in there. We went to all of them. Awesome. Which was the best one? Oh, uh, my favorite was the seafood one. Mm, what was it called? Oh, tarpoon. I think is that what? right? Tarpoon. Tarpon Bay, sorry. Oh. Tarpon Bay, and let me read it to you. Enjoy gorgeous fountain and lake views from the screen porch of this Florida-inspired seafood restaurant. Tarpon Bay has a beach cottage vibe. Our chef infuses the freshest seafood with innovative combinations of herbs and spices for an unforgettable meal. Find a dr- okay. Bo- <laughs> My soundboard is broken. <laughs> uh, it was just. Uh, the best vacation ever with the best gal ever. Yeah, that's sounded like such a nice time. Meanwhile, it was so it was cold negative here. cold. It was, I so was negative cold. degrees. It was brutal. It was cold, and uh, Francesca and I both got sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're healthy, enjoying the sun, and M Health Fairview paid for all Danny's stuff. All I had to do was get a flight. Right, get myself there. Get there. Capitalize. Capitalize. I love it. That's great. That's Kevin's corner. And do we have another segment? Yes. All right. Mailbag. Let's hit it. Should we do it real quick? Yeah, of course. Okay. Which one? Which sounder do you want? You know him by now. Which one are you requesting uh, for the mailbag? Shout out to my personal hero, Alex Trebek. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Rest in peace, sincerely. A legend. Is Jeopardy and a mailman. The U.S. mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got? Let's keep this short and sweet. The question is, match week, match process, match day, very anxiety-producing. Yeah. The question, because you you submit your rank list, and you wait two and a half weeks. Right. And then you find out whether you match. Then you wait four more days where you match. Yes. Like A lot of our peers do not sleep well on Sunday night, because Monday morning we find out whether we match or not. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question is, do you have a better idea, a better solution? I know it's off the top of your head, but like one of our peers asked that. It's clearly not the perfect solution, but is it the best solution or is there a better alternative? Than the match? Yeah, than the match. Yeah. Duh. Of course I have a better solution. <laughs> Let's hear it. Do normal interviews and hire people 
like a normal job does. You mean like normal f- open market? Yes. You know I love the free market. <laughs> You're a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, supply and demand. Also, yeah. I mean, you're right. Also, if you did the open market, job wages wouldn't be structured into this match process where we're forced to work for three years. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've told you this before. I'll tell you again. Early 2000s, a med student brought a lawsuit against like the match organization. Yeah. And like saying this is this is a monopoly, and this is illegal, which it is. Right. And until then- the legislate uh, the United States legislation passed, uh, passed a bill that said this is not illegal. They get an exception. Thanks a lot, Double AMC lobby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we are forced to enter this match. And like when we're when we're doing the match, it says like you agree to do this otherwise you can't be a doctor <laughs> yeah exactly you can't do it again yeah jake's over here talking about oh if you do bad on this test your career might be over not really no so it's a bump in the road potentially a big hurdle yes if you don't click that check box your career is over yeah. before it even started yeah they, i mean honestly you probably could enter it again but if they wanted to they could have you never do it again yeah um but yeah if it was an open market I would have walked over to M Health Fairview and say, "This is my number one place. Let's do an interview." And they would have hired me. Yeah, and and they have to interview everyone individually, anyways. They do. So this is kind of circumventing the entire national uh, application process. This is circumventing the ma- match. They say, "Okay, you're offered a job, right?" Yeah, Just, and you could still, like, if you're in my shoes, I could still interview uh, in at hospitals on the West Coast. Right? Why not? Why not? Yeah. It could still be on Zoom. Exactly. And the interviews wouldn't be as the interviews wouldn't be as dumb as they are now. Literally twenty minutes on Zoom. Yep. And you wouldn't have to do twenty five interviews, thirty interviews. Exactly. You could do two. You right. could do one, get off, offered a job, and that's it. It would be like a normal uh industry. Yeah. <laughs> it would be So your answer is spot on, dude. Yeah. Go back to the normal way things yeah. work. And like the people who argue against it say, well, there's too much of an influx of of thousands of medical students. But that's such a silly argument because most of the med students, a high majority of med students stay where they are. Right. So it's just like walking across the street instead of having to go through the, all the hoops and jumps and then yeah, wait. wait. What is the argument for keeping the match? Oh, there's thousands of applicants. So... So they'd have to go through thousands of applications, old school, right? You have to interview one person at a time, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I really don't understand But don't they it. do that anyways? <laughs> yeah, they do it anyways. <laughs> and also, the match process is silly. You cer- certify your rank list. We still have to wait two and a half weeks. That's another improvement. Oh, yeah. I how mean, about, that doesn't make any sense. How about wait two and a half days, two and a half hours? I literally, I mean, I don't know what the reason is. Maybe there's a real reason. But it is a computer algorithm. Yes. I don't know if 10 minutes. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, 10 minutes? Yeah. Computers have come a long way. <laughs> uh, 10 minutes, yeah. And then I truly believe that the additional 13 days, 23 hours, and 50 minutes yeah. are just so that people build up this like nervous energy so that no matter what it says, they'll be happy. They'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about our peers who didn't match on Monday morning. They have to enter this 
crazy process where they have to scramble for a residency spot. It doesn't have to be like that, right? They don't. Have, you don't have to find out and then suddenly scramble, scramble, scramble. They could be given a couple more days heads up. Right. right? So the whole process, it's, the whole match process is terrible. I agree. Anyways, we can't change it. That's it. Kevin's Corner. I mean, no. Mailbag. Mailbag <laughs> answered. Answered. That's the solution. This is Jeopardy and a mailman. The U.S. mail. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode. By the next time... By the next episode, we will both be fully know, matched. Know where we're going. And know our do, fates. Do we do an emergency podcast Friday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- uh, no. Let's not. wait. Let's wait for what? it. Yeah. What's the rush? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next week, we'll do one. We'll know our fates. Oh, boy. That's crazy. Great podcast, dude. Uh, is this our longest podcast ever? Yes, sir. Setting records left and right. We did it. Okay. Anything else? No. <laughs> Shout out to Jake. Shout out to Jake. Shout out to Bubbly. Shout out to what's our coffee called? Folly. Folly Coffee. And shout out to Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. Check him out. Like we say every week, a, a bird, bird in the, the hand, hand is worth two in, in the, the bush. bush. See ya.